Okay. No, look. So we, you guys will hear it. His name's Tyler Perry. He was on the podcast. And if you have a guy named Tyler Perry on your podcast, you you owe it to your listeners to let them know it's not the celebrity. Nick, cool guy, Nick but not the celebrity. Nick was that guy. We also have a colleague named Michael Jackson. I'm just waiting for Nick. To like- <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael Jackson, also a very cool guy. <laughs> Nick's going to bust out some kind of like just beat it song or something. Oh, my goodness. Billy Jean, something like that's going to happen. Michael, if you're listening to this, I really appreciate you doing me that favor the other day by getting me the rye grass. So, <laughs> yeah. anyway, it, uh, Michael Jackson sells cover crop. In Mahaska County, he does a great job. If you need cover crop and you're not getting it from us, you go reach out to him. The real lesson here is when somebody has the same name as a as a celebrity, you don't make the celebrity reference to him because it's happened to him five million times at that point in their life. Look, man, but if you if you have them on a public thing and you don't and your audience can't see that it's actually not Michael Jackson, you gotta let them know it's not. You're not talking to a corpse. <laughs> all right listen okay all right okay all right i did Welcome that one. I, had, back. I had a coworker named steve miller and i made a steve miller band reference to him and he did not laugh at all <laughs> he probably looked dead inside <laughs> he was like yeah 10th time today yeah <laughs> great yeah I, do, I feel the same way about nickelodeon it's like what that's great it's very funny <laughs> coffee time wednesday <laughs> Welcome back to Coffee Time Wednesday with your favorite host, Nicholas Lirio, favorite co-host, Kent Boucher, and your favorite co-host to the co-host. Yee yee. Here we are. <laughs> back at it. Co-host of the co-host, baby. Oh, man. Okay. Well, 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 well. Peyton has an update for us. Oh, gosh. Give us yeah. the juice. Um, it is seaweed o'clock, my friends. Um, <laughs> the seaweed update for all you people that were real concerned about the seaweed that I mentioned very informatively like three weeks ago it has reached apparently 13 million tons of seaweed just floating in the ocean which i read the article and i was like 13 tons that's a lot and then i read it again and i realized you can't actually like somebody re- do some, somebody do some google in here let's find some some things to compare it to you know, 13 million tons is a crap ton of that's a lot of that's a lot of tons <laughs> that, is, that is the unit it's it depends on who's crap you know yeah. what i mean it's expected to get real bad in like may apparently is when it's supposed to kind of warmer warmer air in the northern hemisphere well um also it's gonna kind of start showing up on beaches and it'll have to get cleaned off and it reeks of of a uh, rotten egg smell so that's fun if you're oh man taking a vacay to florida not the music artist in the may time don't yeah whenever you you know so all those people that are going to be down there vacationing you know and that rotten egg smell is going to be like in the air they're all going to feel obligated to be like it, it wasn't me that you know yeah it's something outside it's not me that's not my smell also another weather related update it is officially shorts season <laughs> it's 55 degrees today so if it's so nice out today, I feel like we should all take a road trip down to Florida, see the old sea blob. Can can we like walk on the seaweed glob? Is that a thing? Well, we just learned last time that it emits toxins. Oh, that's so cool. Dude, I get my news from like CNN and all the other sources that pop up on my phone, so I have no idea about the accuracy. I of I, I guarantee you no one no one on that news 
news anchors going out there walking. You know what on that seaweed. seaweed blob needs, Peyton? The Holy Spirit. Some feral pigs, brother. <laughs> they do need to, dude. Feral pigs versus seaweed. Who wins? Well, in the end. So at first, the the pigs would be winning as they're eating it, they're ingesting it. But then there will be that delayed buildup of all the toxins. I'll just wipe out the pigs. Uh, you know, a couple hours later, counter need, counter so counter argument. Counter, counter argument here is the pigs would then you know some of them would die because they're weak, but it's survival of the fittest, right? So then you get these seaweed resistant pigs called the super duper pigs. <laughs> yeah, uh, originally they're super hogs, but they're super uh, pigs. Next south. thing you know, someone's dropping them off in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> we're gonna seaweed resistant pigs in Canada. <laughs> we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with that? Nova Scotia. Thank goodness the Nova Scotia and Vancouver are screwed. We're gonna have to do our own tournament of bad with these, uh, with with all this uh, nonsense going on in the world. Maybe right up there with now. the bat eating causing a pandemic. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. When 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 is the seaweed supposed to be hitting? You're Florida? Get us one of those little COVID notifications on. <laughs> yeah. Fauci, we apologize for anything we've said recently. Um. May apparently it's supposed to get real bad in May. It's not at full bloom yet. Okay. Um, as the resident seaweed expert, I'm going to tell you I don't know what that means, but apparently the bloom's coming, guys. In <laughs> May, look out! Yeah, when, when's that bloom? When the seaweed going to be prettiest? Growing. Well, Ken, are you next or am I next? Uh, I can go next. I got a good one. I'm excited about. Okay. So, uh, big shout out to my good friend Caleb Drake for sending me this news factoid for me this week. And if so, any of you guys have news you want us to cover, shoot us an email at prairiefarmersgmail.com right. or info at hoxynativeseeds.com. That's right. That's right. Give us what you want to hear because we like to uh, dive into it and find out some more information. I will for read you. it about it for 15 minutes and then talk about it like I'm the biggest <laughs> expert ever. That's so. right. <laughs> but uh, in this case, we know somebody who could really help with uh, the story that I'm going to talk about, which is um, just this last week, I think it was Thursday. Uh, it would have been the 30th. Was that Thursday? Yeah, I think it was. No idea. Um, but the 30th, a paper was published by a professor at Iowa State University. And uh, I think another guy who was a professor emeritus, which I think just means they're retired, um, but still like have some weight to throw around academically at the college or university that they were last teaching at. And, uh, that guy was from Northwest Missouri, uh, Northwest Missouri state. Is that yeah. My dad is an alum. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Down in, uh, I think the old Bob scan. Uh, <laughs> what is the name of that town that that's in? Uh, I can never remember the name. I've been there actually. I did some deer hunting around there, but, um, it's just South of the Iowa border in uh northwest missouri and uh so that professor along with the professor from iowa state somehow uh either they found it themselves or somebody found it took it into them a skull of a saber-toothed cat um here in uh iowa and it according to the article was the first evidence of saber-toothed cats being in iowa it is missing one of its canines. It's snapped off basically right at the gum line. Uh, and the other one is intact still. And uh, those teeth, because they're so long, the mechanic, you know, it's kind of like a long lever, 
you know, when you uh, use like a long, heavy bar to like pry something up off the ground, there's like a lot of mechanical advantage to that. Well, if the reason you use like a really heavy, heavy duty steel bar that's tempered when you do that is because all that force that you're able to generate on that, uh, if it wasn't strong enough, it would snap, right? And so that those teeth, even though teeth are very tough and strong, made of dentin, uh, covered in enamel, um, they still aren't. Not stronger. if you don't use the right toothpaste. That's right. And it wears down your enamel. That's right. Saw that on a commercial. The tooth would snap, and that was the case for this one. Probably because so he think... didn't use the right toothpaste. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't brushing his teeth. Um, but uh, so the tooth was snapped, and so they think what happened to this particular uh, cat was, first of all, they think he was based on the the aging of his skull. They think he could have been one of the last saber-tooth cats in existence. Not like, you know, he was number three of, you know, the remaining. But, like, just from that would have been at the very end of their era. Bro was a fighter. And they think he died by trying to attack, like, some really big prey or something that harmed him in the process and uh, snapped his tooth off because it seems, based on the wear that they can see at the break site, like, it's same age as when he would have died and so they think he probably got hurt while he was you know taking down some prey and then died shortly thereafter and uh they believe Mm. based on his skull measurements he would have weighed uh 550 pounds my what's big enough to stop that well giant ground sloth or uh, woolly mammoth yeah woolly mammoth my goodness you think the same company that could bring back the woolly mammoth could use like like house cats to bring back the saber tooth tiger maybe i don't know they probably have to use like lions or, or bengal tigers or something but uh just to wrap this one up the um just to put things into comparison here for compare for size sake uh, an African lion, the biggest African lions weigh about 400 pounds. The biggest saber-toothed cats were like 650. And they think this one was about two to three years old based on some of the spacing in the, the bones in his skull, like he had more room to grow. And uh, so just a giant animal is found in Page County, way down in southwest Iowa, in the East Nishnabotna Creek. And uh, that's been a, a creek, the Nishnabotna has been, or a river, Creek or River uh, has been a spot for a lot of our state's most interesting fossils. If you go to the uh, State Historical Museum in Des Moines, you'll you'll see a lot of the fossils there from the Ice Age. Organisms are a lot of them are from that same creek. In fact, my dad, when he was in Boy Scouts as a kid, was crawling around in that creek and found uh, uh, what was likely a mammoth molar. Um, that hmm. later got stolen by one of his friends or something. Man, that's crazy. That's kind of an awkward reunion. Dude, I'm reading this thing right here, EsquireMiddleEast.com. They say that some saber-toothed tigers were so big, they think they hunted rhinos. It's possible. You know, in one of the articles that I was reading on it said, like, oh, they were built for speed and stealth. And that's actually not believed to be true. Because they were so big and heavy. They yeah, they were top very, heavy. They were like right. front heavy. Yeah, exactly. That Dr. Meachin talked yeah. about that. They weren't very fast. They were ambush predators. They, did, they skipped leg day. Yeah. Every <laughs> Thursday, they skipped leg day. They make for a great Dude, mascot. Who though. would ever like, look at a skeleton on one of these things and think, oh, yeah, we should 
bring that back. Like clone <laughs> that and bring that back. That sounds oh, like man. look at those teeth, aren't they cute? Bottom five <laughs> idea all time, dude. My goodness. Well, that's crazy. I'm. I guess yeah. I'm glad we found that. Yeah, it's just super cool. You know, it's a good reminder of how much things have changed through time, and you know what was once here and what is it now. All right, guys. I, this this is my turn. I'm here. Breaking news. Recycling is fake. Oh, he's, hey. he's going into Do you, it. I'm doing I it. have a stat for you because I was going to talk about something like this today. Okay. And you guys hit, hit me with a stat. You guys, winner gets a piece of pizza from me. Okay. Um, what percent of plastics made have ended up recycled? At some point in their and life. And no, I'm not going to quote the source. 12%. <laughs> I'm going to say... Five percent. It's eleven percent. So none of you get a piece of pizza. So what? Oh come on! Oh come on! He gets that. Oh, Nick, what? you can have. Wait, did you know that from your research? No, no, you no. I really did. You get on my crust tomorrow. That was, very, that was very good. That was good. Um, yeah, good guess. So he gets one pepperoni. Yeah, I remember. It was like five or six years ago. I was at my brother-in-law's house, my sister and brother-in-law's house, and I was like, "You guys don't recycle," because I've been living in California at the time where everyone cycles, and. I was like, you don't recycle? And he's like, nah, dude, recycling's fake. It all just gets shipped to China and dumped. And I was like, what? And uh, and so I looked it up once. And and from what I understood from like fairly credible news sources, you know, it was true. And it was actually a really big issue in California because what they would do is that for a long time, they shipped it to China. We paid China to take our recycling. Yeah. As a country. And then China, with their Green Initiative Act in like 2017, 2018, said no more. And so it all just started getting dumped at landfills. And think about landfills who are all of a sudden getting 20, 30% more than they're yeah. used to or able to handle. Like that is no bueno. So I was, I have, was part of that halt of China taking our stuff when we were kind of in that like trade war with them a little bit during. Uh, Trump's years when maybe the dates line up. Who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say? <laughs> I, think, I think that was like part of their response is like, we're not going to take your, I'm not a geo your recycling anymore. Political expert. Dude. That well, could, that fits. But so, so here, there's a few things. One, there's hundreds, if not more different kinds of plastic. You have to have the exact same kind of plastic to melt together. You can't like mix and match. So one, that is a really hard thing to do. You have to sort that plastic. It costs so much money. At some point, it's like not even really worth the man hours. Secondly, plastic gets more toxic every single time you melt it down and then reform it into something. More plasticky. More like gets, more like fragile, you mean? So um, it like gives off microplastics? I guess so, yeah. I, I, I'm sense. not sure. So this is according to NPR.org. Um, and uh, so... So from my understanding, from what I have looked into in the past is that, oh, back when recycling was first kind of like, hey, guys, we should start recycling. It became a big push. Um, some politicians used it for platforms, but the the no. idea, the idea was they good. wouldn't do that. <laughs> Our good hearted politicians in the on the West Coast, um, they the idea was good. Right. Because the idea of recycling is good. And I think it was kind of like, hey, we'll start recycling and the uh, uh, technology will just kind of figure itself out. Well, it hasn't. A couple of things. One, the one thing that you know that recycling works well on is aluminum cans. How do we know that? 
You you get paid when you. You do get paid. Work. So if there's value to it, you're gonna get paid for well, it. Hold well, on, just you to don't, be clear, you don't really get paid. You get who, your, you who's get, paying you? Well, it's part of the deposit, the can deposit. Yeah. So it's money from the consumer, basically paying for their sins of having to. Yeah, but, but it wasn't always that way. It used to just be you just. Yeah. There wasn't always that money. I think it was someone learned how to cash in. I think the government learned how to cash in on that tax. Well, who is like I said? Yeah, who's making the money so, off this? It's either it's either the, the stores or the, the government. Answer. The government is the answer. It's the government. Either, either way, <laughs> there's money to be made. So they they encourage it by quote unquote giving you money. If 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 it was the same, like Wait, if if you did if you let's say you bought a 24 pack of Coca Cola and you brought all 24 cans back, you would get dollar twenty. Extra, you would get that extra money that you paid per can. What was it five cents per can? It's, it's, it's yeah, still you five pay cents. five cents per so can. So you come out net zero. Yes, but, but most people don't do that. The reason that that is worthwhile doing, or the reason that that's different than the other plastics, is because if other plastics were worth like gathering and recycling, the government would also make you pay a deposit on all plastic products. Sure. And then they would uh, have you recycle it and pay you for the recycling. There's just no, there's no economic value to it. It's all a ruse. All the, all those sorting or every time you put your recycling in a, diff- in a different uh, thing, almost all of it is going to a landfill. And when I say almost all of it, there are very few. And I mean like a handful of recycling um, places in the, there's lots of recycling sorters all across. That's where your recycling is going to, if it's going to recycling place, but there's only a few places that actually melt down recycling. Mm. Um, and one, the process of melting it down is like just as bad as making new stuff. So here, here is my proposed solution. Do with it as you will check into the recycling thing yourself so that you can kind of figure out what you like or what you don't like about the situation. And some people just don't care about, you know, consumption or littering or throwing stuff out there. And, and that's totally fine. That that's you. We all got to <laughs> live in this world together. Um, but here's what, here, here's my advice. Use less and reuse. Mm-hmm. And if, if you like, if you can use glass, Danielle and I try to use glass on, on things like that. We have like little glass containers we use, um, buy a water, reusable water bottle, reusable water bottle, real easy to do. Yeah. Well, and I got to think too, even from a commercial standpoint, like some, some bottles and containers are so over-engineered. Like think of a Gatorade bottle. You ever been hit in the head in junior high by your best friend with a Gatorade bottle? Lethal weapons. Right. Dude, right. You guys had friends in middle school? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's some durable plastic. You know, imagine if uh if we could all be okay with you know Gatorade taking their bottles back, sanitizing them, and then you know, get five uses out of them instead of one. Yeah. Yeah, look, guys, I, I I'm for we just got to start reusing stuff and using less of them. Yep. And and that that is the best solution, not just like use whatever we want, not have consequences because someone somewhere magically is recycling it. That doesn't. And look, you doesn't make sense. you can make the argument that you know the three water bottles you throw away a week don't matter because there's some corporation out there, you know, doing 400 billion times the pollution that you're doing. Well. Three water bottles is still three water bottles sitting yeah, in the ocean. Multiplied by, you know, 330 million people in our country, yep. let alone worldwide. Yeah. You know, that's pretty it crazy. The old trash islands. But I don't, I'm not here for pollution. I'm just here to let you know that your pollution isn't fixed by a recycling box that gets picked up and then dropped off in the landfill. Uh, but Some of it is. 
a little 5% of it apparently. <laughs> yeah, which, which helps. It'll but, make you feel good sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe another good thing here would be do your research and figure out what that 5% is and try and sort it for them and uh also uh buy more things that fit within that five percent yeah get some glass reuse some things do do some dishes i believe in you guys throw less car batteries in the ocean guys (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right well here's another thing guys we have talked a couple times about doing merch and we've had a few people reach out and say hey where's you guys's merch line totally great we haven't had enough people reach out where we're gonna drop anything so if you think it'd be a good idea Shoot us an email. Again, that's theprairiefarmers at gmail.com and info at Hoxie Native Seeds. We uh, we want to hear. And if you did get merch, what would you want besides our logo you and, know what? and our slogan? Just call Kent Boucher directly. No. At <laughs> 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 All right. Oh. <laughs>